Welcome to the What the Elwood Podcast, the podcast that's all about Longwood athletics. Players, coaches, staff, who knows? The goal is to bring Longwood closer to you straight from the source. I'm your host, Sam Hovan. Ever wondered what it's like to pursue your graduate degree while still being involved in college athletics? We've got answers for you today. Even though competition has been canceled, we had a chance to sit down with two guys who will be wrapping up their master's degrees this spring while also wearing multiple hats around Longwood Athletics, Nick Sparacino and Damarian Jeter. Nick serves as a graduate assistant coach with men's basketball, among a thousand other duties, and Jeter both played for the team while working on his master's last year before working in the Athletic Academic Services Department this year as he wraps up his degree. Here we go. Thanks for joining me, guys. Let's uh, dive right into some questions. You guys have had a unique experience that nobody else has, or very few other people have. You're pursuing master's degrees, yet you've played, worked while you're doing some of that. So, Nick, I know we'll get, we'll get everybody kind of introduced to you first by asking, what did you major in as an undergrad? And then why did you decide to go after a master's? Okay, so I majored in exercise science with a minor in athletic coaching and community health at Salisbury University in Maryland. Um, And now I am pursuing a master's degree in special education. Um, I know they're completely different, um, but hey, the more more tricks you have in your toolbox, the the further you'll go. But um, I chose to do, to pursue special education and come along and pursue a master's. First and foremost, a friend of mine who was a coach of mine who got an assistant coaching job here named Mo Williams, and I appreciate him very much for uh, rec- recommending me for the position. He's now the head coach at Salisbury where I went to school and played. Um, and when I got the opportunity to be a graduate assistant, because I, I felt I was done with school when I graduated from undergrad, but I was like, why not? I mean, Division One assistant coach, um, pretty good opportunity. A master's degree would definitely help if I want to continue in this, with this game of basketball. And uh, growing up, and then I had to look into some master's programs they offered here at Longwood University. First one that caught my eye was special education. The reason why is because I grew up, um, I'm one of 12, um, nine sisters, two brothers. Um, Out of those 11 siblings, two of them had special needs. I had a brother who had spina bifida. He died at the age of 28, Mm -hmm. and I was 25 at the time. Then I had a sister who had muscular dystrophy disease, and uh, she passed away at the age of 23, and I was a little older than her as well. I think I was 26 at the time. Mm-hmm. So so then I wanted to figure out how I could help raise awareness through the game of basketball of children with special needs. So it, it touches something special to you. Yeah, That's for really sure. Cool. So Jeter, what about you? What did you major in as an undergrad? Then why do you want to go after a master's? Uh, my undergrad was in sociology. Um, the reason that I've kind of chose to go into a master's was really not really a choice <laughs> it was more um I still had eligibility left to play basketball so I um growing up I really didn't think about getting a master's it was I'm gonna do my four years and in that four years I'm gonna see wherever my basketball career takes me um going through my first two years and then going through the injuries um I was able to still perform in the classroom and that just basically took me into my master's so just to play um, I didn't really get serious about it till it came to actually choose a path for my master's. Um, I chose to do um, mental health counseling. Um, the reason I've done that is for a couple personal reasons. The first reason, um, uh, I have a brother, a younger brother um, with autism. He's been diagnosed since he was born. He was like born with like a scar around his brain, mm-hmm. um, things of that nature. He's nonverbal, so he doesn't communicate. Um, and just growing up, 
with him um, being somewhat similar in age, um, I just feel like I wasn't knowledgeable as, as I am now the best to kind of help him out as I, best, as I thought I should have. So now I feel that I did a disservice to him. And now studying in this field, I feel like I can kind of make up for um, the lost time that I kind of had in the kind of way I was when I was younger. Um, and the second reason is because I went through some mental health struggles of my own. Um, I went to counseling a couple of times and it was really beneficial for me. Um, so my kind of idea is now is that I want to help people feel the pain, that, help people avoid the pain that I felt. That's really cool. That's really cool. And one of the things I wanted to talk about with, with the master's, people don't always know what's involved in a master, master's. You think undergrad, you just think, oh, master's is just more school. But the coursework's a little bit different. I know, Jeter, you and I were talking about this earlier. Mm -hmm. What did you notice is one of the big differences once you started doing it? Oh, one of the differences is less classes, but more class time. <laughs> so now on some Saturdays I have class, which is completely different undergrad, um, but I'll have class from like eight in the morning all the way to like 4.30 in the afternoon. And you have that like five semesters out the year. And then just a normal class you meet once a week, but that once a week class, you'll have the, I'll have that from like six to 8.45. So the class length is longer, but besides that, it's much more, I guess, presentation-based, I would say. Do a lot of projects outside of class, a lot of group work. Um, don't really have many exams anymore. Um, so I, it was an adjustment because you low-key become less busier. <laughs> You'll get less busier with, like, course load material when you uh, transition from undergrad to master's. What about you, Nick? What did you notice? There's some differences. Um, very similar to Jeter. Um, a lot more hands-on, a lot more presentation-based, group projects. Uh, I have classes on Saturdays, same thing, about six to eight-hour classes for five weeks at a time, and a lot more uh, hybrid, so online-type courses, and a lot more, like like I said, hands-on, so going to schools, um, interacting with students or, or observing students and watching different behaviors and, and uh, learning about material and then putting it to use in class and group projects, trying to role-play different things of that sort and during the week so my program switched to residency before it was residency I would have like two or three classes at nighttime like Mondays Wednesdays and Fridays 6 to 8 30 same as Jeter's situation and um, I mean with my major I'm in a, I'm in a major with all females really so I'm in there and it's about 20 of us and two guys so um, that is different and uh, and and that's why we're unique in our field and I'm, I'm I like being unique I like being a little different so Who's your favorite professor, Nick? Ah, all right, don't don't kill me. I hope none of my other professors are, are listening because I do enjoy all of them. They all bring a different um, strength to the table that helps me. But by far, for sure, um, somebody that's been a little closer to me outside of the classroom as well, Dr. Jones. Um, I actually brought him on court with us for a game one day uh, for the national anthem. Okay. Um, and he's my advisor as well. He's my academic advisor. He's actually the first person I spoke to about the education portion of the graduate assistantship when being uh, presented with the opportunity I called the office they transferred me to Dr. Jones he listened to my story and said we'll figure something out this is a different case you'll be a pioneer for the program and we'll figure it out so don't worry about the teaching and things of that sort what about you Jeter do you have a favorite professor <laughs> I'm a smart man so I'm gonna go the more political route <laughs> <laughs> and not pick a favorite professor um, I would just say that um, I, the reason I can't really pick a favorite professor is because they all have helped me um, tremendously. And they all exactly. have kind of looked out for me in a way, given that I am the first athlete 
to be in the counseling program. Um, my kind of path through the program was different than most of the other students. So um, it was a lot of, you come to class at this time, get this assignments done at this time sort of thing. And they always looked out for me and helped me out and assisted me in different ways. Um, so I can't really pick a, a favorite <laughs> and, one. And I'm, I'm smarter yeah. than that. <laughs> and just feeding off what Jeter just said, same thing. It's, it's all about communication. Um, I'm the first person that has to do with athletics. I'm not technically an athlete, but a coach to come through the program, the special education program, and same, they work with me and, and like the residency, I have to go into a classroom and teach. And they've made it so that I can go into a county in Charlotte County, go into the classroom as available to me with basketball traveling and everything. Mm -hmm. And and they made it, they got it done for me. And that's amazing. And don't get me wrong, like Dr. Feathers, Dr. Khan, all my other professors are great as well. I don't want to single anybody out, but they've done so much. Dr. Feathers allowed me to be a graduate assistant. So I'm a double graduate assistant. I also teach with Longwood Life, which is a program on campus for children with special needs from local schools in the area, from different counties. And they come to campus Wednesdays and Fridays, and I am a teacher, counselor, student, mentor with them. So, And I'm a job coach, so um, Dr. Feathers has done a great job of showing me the outside aspect of transitioning from classroom to real-world experiences with students with special needs from the ages of 18 to about 23. Do you ever sleep, Nick? I, I get my sleep in different times. Like, you've seen me knocked out on the bus a bunch of times on travel road trips, and uh, I try. I, I, I try to compartmentalize, and I, I'll, I'll shut everything down at a certain hour and say, hey, I'll get back to it in the morning. I work better in mornings than I do at nighttime. Really? Well, yeah. I just imagine, I know basketball, I mean, you remember Jeter with, you, oh, well, yeah. shoot, we were all on the same bus last year. <laughs> There's plenty of late nights. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you manage your time, Nick? I mean, you said you're a double graduate assistant. Yeah, yeah. How do you do it? Like I said, uh, getting back to communication, that's the biggest piece. Um, and knowing which strings to pull a little more. Um, like my, my academic advisors and teachers have been so flexible and they've been great. Even the schools that I work with, they've been great. Dr. Randolph, all the people I've worked with, they've just been so great at pulling strings for me to be able to prioritize basketball. Like Coach Griff has been great as well, speaking with him and, and just, I mean, him coming in as a new coach and learning the, the, the lay of the land, it was, it was tougher for him to first adjust to a graduate system, being on staff and putting school first from, I guess, where he came from. I don't know how things were done there. But after he got used to knowing that I was, like, became to trust me, know I was going to get my job done, he was like, all right, man, do what you have to do. As long as you figure out how to graduate and you're doing everything you're supposed to do and you're communicating with the other coaches on staff like Luke and Riley and Donovan and also all those guys because they do a great job of helping me as well, man. I just shooting a quick text, making a quick phone call. I mean, it's, it's, it's really not me always working. you got to also be able to learn how to talk to people, delegate and, and, and ask favors of other people. I mean, that's and, – and being in good terms and doing favors of other people also helps a lot with that. So – just being a people person. That's it, really. That's it. And Jeter, you also had to learn how to manage your time because last year you played on the team while pursuing a master's, which is a little different in terms of how it's set up. And this year, you're working while doing your internship and pursuing a master's. So how do you manage your time? <laughs> um, the key to my success is a lot of lifting. <laughs> really? Lifting? A lot of okay. lifting. <laughs> Um, and just going off that, it's just taking care of my mind. Um, some night, I mean, some days I wake up at six in the morning, I won't 
come back into my room till like 10:30 at night. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a lot of lifting uh, clears my mind. Yeah. Um, now I used to do it because I kind of had to, but now it's more that I just enjoy doing it. It gives me a break from my internship because I, when I do my internship, um, the counseling one at CAPS, I just hear so much deep, uh, intimate details all day that people are just coming in and sharing it to me. So I try not to hold that in. And then I transition it into kind of the academic advising side, which is sometimes a little bit of informal counseling as well because they're all going through things as well, trying to make sure they have classes together, things of that nature. And then I have my own classes on top of that. Um, so when I do have the few, the, the few of days of rest that I do have because I'm more busier now than I was actually an athlete, <laughs> which is weird to say, I, I got to get in the gym. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask, what's it like working with student athletes? And I know we, we talked about it earlier. You, you don't work with basketball for, yeah. for, uh, for a good reason. Well, that's a fun story. But what's it like working with student athletes the year after you were one? Oh, man, it's just crazy to see, like, a lot of things they talk about that I was just in their position. Um, basically, it might just be a year now, maybe like eight months ago. Um, I was just in their position. And so Sam, just trying to give them encouragement, like, because I kind of see the other side of it because I'm technically on the other side. Um, but just seeing how they're just uh, talking about going through practices every day, games, dealing with class, dealing with professors, dealing with coaches. I'm like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> I'm like, yep, that was me. And it's just interesting now that I've turned into that person that's always trying to give the advice. Whereas before, when people are trying to give me advice, I know I wasn't trying to pay attention to it. <laughs> so it's always, life is always funny how they kind of turn the tables on you. Well, and you were telling me earlier, you, you actually had an experience where there was somebody basically in your position right now that had played mm -hmm. on the team, and they were the academic advisor for oh, basketball, yeah. right? How did, how did that go? Why, why are you not the academic advisor for basketball? <laughs> that was my man, Isaac Belton. Um, we came in the same year as well, which is crazy. Um, he finished up, did his four years. Um, he wanted to get into coaching, so he came in as a grad assistant. Um, so we thought it would be best. Oh, I didn't think it would be best. <laughs> I guess the people with power thought it would be best if he just worked with the basketball team because he was most familiar with us. Sure. Um, so it comes to, like, making sure we all in study hall and, like, doing assignments and you, like, getting texts from Ike and it's like – Nah, man, I'm not listening to you. <laughs> like, you was just my teammate. Like, how are you going to tell me to do something? We was just running together. <laughs> like, so it was just um, a blessing that I don't have to work with the basketball team. So I don't have to get that extra stress as well from the previous teammates. You get to give all that stress to Nick, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and Jeter said a big thing about, like, compartmentalization and code switching and, like, just going from place to place and changing your mindset each, each time you walk into a new door and putting the old door behind you and then worrying about everything else later. You got to take a lot of notes and reminders in your phone and the notes app and just put checking off bullet points. And, and that, that helps with being able to jump from place to place because class, you can't go into class angry about something happening in practice. <laughs> Woo! You will not pay attention for the first half hour until you finally crack a smile. And if, if it was a bad one especially, oh, my goodness, Jeter, you remember those days. <laughs> go from a hard practice right to class, didn't oh, even get to shower no. or get a bite to eat. Long three hours. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what made you guys? I mean, why decide to go back to school? Why pursue the masters? And I guess I kind of asked that a little bit, but like, you, you go through this whole yeah. thing, and Nick, you were in the professional realm, like yeah, you said, yeah. you you taught, you were a substitute, you were a skills teacher, you coached AAU, if I remember yeah, right, yeah. you were you were a D three basketball assistant. 
Like, yeah, yeah, I've done a lot. I had a lot of different, wore a different lot of a uh, bunch of different hats. But um, being in the real world and noticing how important it is to have that, I mean, the piece of paper, yeah, for sure. But what comes along with that piece of paper is a lot of, like I said, the experience just that I, I, I pass along, just learning how to compartmentalize, deal with different people. Um, you learn the the hard work that everybody else has to put in to make your job that much easier. Like, when you're younger, you don't really think about others. You don't really empathize. Mm -hmm. Being empathetic comes with age and experience and, and getting out there and doing things. Um, with all those different jobs, I've been so many different places. I've been to the Eastern Shore of Maryland, the DMV area where I grew up, Massachusetts, Virginia. Um, I've been I've been a bunch of different places. and, and there, even though there are a lot of differences, there are a lot of similarities to every place as well. And the similarities, I mean, first and foremost, are the people that you work with. Mm -hmm. You got to have good working relationships, got to be able to compartmentalize, and you have to be able to decompress. Like Jeter said, I work out a lot, and working out is what kind of calms my mental and brings me back to life and, and just makes you feel good about yourself, you know? I was gonna ask, what's the best part for you, Jeter? What's what's one of the best parts of or experiences you've had while pursuing your master's degree? Because you're almost done. You're 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 scheduled to graduate in May, right? <laughs> yes, it's Corona. <laughs> right now we're scheduled. <laughs> oh man, I would say the best part of pursuing my master's would be um, the work I do in my internship. Um, basically counseling other students and just showing them that that 50 minutes that we have in a counseling session that their world just doesn't have to be terrible that we can work on um the world being a better place for them and just seeing like the improvements they make um, which was difficult for me at first because coming from the basketball world the world you're taught that you, that scoreboard either you won or you lost mm -hmm. <laughs> but when you switch into the counseling world um it's a lot of small victories that you got to celebrate. And now I've kind of adopted the mantra of just kind of win the media because the media happens every four minutes. So um, you uh -huh. win as many medias, that's when you get that end goal. So now I'm taking the counseling. Let's say I want to get to here, uh, a bigger goal. Um, I'm start basic steps first and being able to celebrate those small goals because it always can be something that you don't want to happen, for lack of a better word right now, <laughs> that will occur and that can occur and it's always possible. So being able to celebrate those small victories and seeing my clients being able to celebrate those small victories for themselves has definitely been the best part. That's awesome. What about you, Nick? What's an experience you're like, man, this is awesome while I've been doing all this crazy stuff? Um, I mean, the, like I said, relationships. The relationships I got to build with not only the – staff that I work with, with the players like I have a different relationship with the players than the rest of the coaching staff just because I'm a student as well and I mean I believe in leading by example um, getting good grades things of that sort as well going to class um, but to be honest I mean people go through good days bad days and and Jeter just put a great one out winning the media like those four like the little breaking into athletic terms and put them into layman's terms, basically just like the small goals and winning every day. Um, that was that was amazing. I didn't think about that, G. That was a good good way to put it. But um, <laughs> but just I mean, being able to to celebrate every day. We have little wins. You yeah. can have the worst day in the world, but something good happened. You did something well, even if you can't see it. You just got to look back and and think about 
did I did I help somebody improve them? Did I hold a door for somebody? Did I pick up a piece of trash? Did I did I say thank you? Did I anything? Did you did you put it help put a smile on somebody else's face that day? And and those are the little things that lead to bigger things later on in life. So that's cool. My last question, and this will give you a chance to think about it for a second. Okay, so you've got older version of you right now. You're just about through. Both you guys are scheduled <laughs> to graduate in this spring pending <laughs> the universe exploding. All right. You go back and you talk to freshman you. What would you tell freshman you? Go ahead, you start, Jim. <laughs> oh, no, you got it. You can start first the whole time. All right, all right, all right. I'll start, I'll start. So freshman me, whoo, 17-year-old Nick coming into college, young, scrawny kid. Um, I would tell myself basically, I mean, those the things I keep harping on, like compartmentalization, thing, negative things are going to happen to you in life. Don't dwell on them because a month, two months, a year from now, you're not even going to remember half those things. And then when you do, you're going to think of it as, man, when I looked at it, I saw it as a feat that I couldn't overcome I couldn't get over that mountain in front of me next thing you know you see yourself on the other side of that mountain and either you had to climb over it go around it run through it you you made it I don't know what you had to do to get it done but you got it done and even before this point right now when you're a freshman you had feats that you had to overcome in high school too they're just a little different because you had a support cast you went home to every day Mm -hmm. and your parents and your siblings and things of that sort now you're kind of on your own in the real world so when you figure it out how to do it on your own, you're going to be able to pass it along to those other people, you know, coming in the same footsteps that you that you walked through already. And everybody has the same issues. Somebody's gone through what you've gone through before. You just got to learn how to ask people for help. And, and yeah, those, those are the things that I would tell my younger self. Everything's going to be fine. Don't dwell. Don't harp on the things that are negative. Har- dwell on the positives. Yes. Control what you can control and try to – Pick out the things that you can't control. Just keep moving forward. What about you, Jeter? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I guess I have two things I would tell myself. Um, I guess uh, if I want to go back to basketball side, um, <laughs> <laughs> I would tell the basketball freshman me is to control what I can control, basically what Nick said. Um, I feel like Throughout my career, basketball-wise, I let the mental side of basketball get the best of me. I feel like I couldn't overcome my mental obstacles, um, no matter how much encouragement I got and received around me, and I had a ton of support. At the end of the day, it came down to me holding myself back because I couldn't get over that mental obstacle with myself. Um, the second thing I would tell myself is just to, I guess it would be for my life, and it's something I still kind of struggle with now, honestly, but it's just live in the moment. Um, we get to points in our lives where we're so focused on the future, um, focus on things we need to complete um, that we forget to think about the moment that we're living in now. So I know there's a lot of things that I look back on that I, when I tell other people, they seem like so excited like, oh, I can't believe you got to experience that. But when I think about it, I don't have that same excitement about it. It was just a, t- it was just a task for me. Um, and I wish I didn't have that um, emotion all the time. I wish that I able to allow myself to kind of enjoy the moment a little bit more. So um, it always takes me back to what people always say, enjoy the journey, not the kind of the end result. So I would say just live in the moment. We we really appreciate it. That's awesome. Yeah, that, you just taught me a little something. I'm, I'm, I mean, you know how both both of us actually mm-hmm. in the same boat where we're about to finish and we got to figure out what's next. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, I know there are a lot of people in the country right now trying to figure out what's next. And I don't think that stops for anybody Mm -hmm. consistently. Like you're always trying to find Mm -hmm. what's next, but living in that moment, man, that's big. I I like, I appreciate that. And I think both of us have used a game to help us become great men. Like, and and we didn't even realize we were doing that. We've been Mm -hmm. playing ball just since we were young kids, just because we love the game. And next thing we know, we go into college to play collegiate athletics. Because that's just what we're when you come from. It's like, man, I, I want to play basketball in college. That's what I'm supposed to do. That that establishes me as one of the elite percentages, uh, however many percentage of people play <laughs> college basketball in the country. Right. And it's bigger than that. We don't even realize it because we're we're not living in the moment. Like we're experiencing travel things that people just flying places, riding buses that are charter buses. Uh, Thing, I mean, we have Wi-Fi on buses. I know it doesn't work very well, but some countries don't even have Wi-Fi, man. Like, that's crazy. Like, think about that. And, I mean, those are just some of the little things. Hotel from night to night. Those are just things that eating really good. They're spending three, $400 on meals, sometimes $500 on meals for a team. And we don't even stop to appreciate those moments because we didn't get our ketchup or whatever, whatever little things that we didn't get. Um, but once it's all said and done, you look back and you're like, man, I'm blessed. I am blessed to have done the things that I've done in life and come across the people I've come across. And this game of basketball is what, what did it for me. Mm-hmm. And to not be able to appreciate that ball once it stops bouncing, I mean, you're hurting yourself and you're hurting everybody around you. So just appreciate everything you've got in front of you from the basketball, the coaches, the teammates, because you never get the same team twice. And – I mean, the, the people that make it happen, the, the, the staff at the game, the fans, the students, the president of the school, everybody. I mean, it's it's great. The, the people in the dining hall that feed us every day, like, man, there's so many. The, the people, the custodians that clean up at, like, all of those people just appreciate it. Stop and take a second to say hi and thank you. And those little things, I mean, the more places you go, the more people you come across and – the more people you can put a smile on their face. And that's really all it's about. I mean, we're put on this earth to be remembered, not by the the physical objects we own. How are you going to be left behind? So mm-hmm. this game of basketball allowed us to leave a, a legacy. So and, and Jeter's legacy is a little bigger than mine around here, but <laughs> but I'm just trying to leave a legacy, and, and I'm blessed. So Yeah, it's awesome. We appreciate you guys' time. And, again, good luck uh, – Walking in May. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we get to walk. I really do. You're going to have to FaceTime me. Congratulations. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you, Sam. We really appreciate you. This is big time. Thanks again to Nick and Jeter for coming in, reminding us there is a ton that goes on behind the scenes of school and life. Plus, there's a lot to enjoy along this ride we all take together. As always, you can check out past episodes of the What the Elwood podcast at longwoodlancers.com in the Fan Zone section under podcasts. If you want Longwood Athletics videos, subscribe to Longwood U Lancers on YouTube. Of course, Longwood Athletics is verified on Twitter. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on the What the Elwood podcast.